Hi, this week on Paranormally Speaking, I will be discussing the myth and the mystery surrounding the life, death, and legacy of the following historical figures, those who have influenced technology, literature, art, our lives, our society, world cultures, the four following men, Nikolov Tesla, Rasputin, Leonardo da Vinci, and last but not least, the ever enigmatic Nostradamus. This is Paranormally Speaking. Please hold for an important message from our sponsor. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Classified FBI documents recently mentioned the idea that Nikola Tesla had a connection with space people and was brought here by them as a baby. This was apparently not revealed until 1950, according to the information in this document. Although the claims within the document are not verifiable and may very well be untrue, as much as they could be true, Nikola Tesla had a well-documented interest in life on other planets and believed to have received signals from other lives from other worlds. The mainstream UFO disclosure is taking off and the subject is no longer taboo. There's a common narrative in the field suggesting that because the mainstream media is presenting the topic the way they are now, the phenomenon represents nothing but lies. The question is, does the mainstream media cover real events and attempt to manipulate the perception of the masses regarding such events? Are there powerful groups of people out there who want to control the narrative when it comes to the topic of UFOs? Reasonable evidence suggests that the CIA hired remote viewers to find out information about extraterrestrials visiting our planet, their intentions, and also potential extraterrestrial bases that exist on Earth. This formula and procedure was first introduced within the writings of Nikola Tesla. The UFO phenomenon is no longer taboo. The reality of it is it has gone mainstream, and so too has the extraterrestrial hypothesis. What are the implications of exploring this topic? Can we really trust the government for any accurate information, any government of any country, the ball is in your court. The mysterious disappearance of Nikola Tesla's files after his death had all of his possessions and files confiscated by the U.S. government after his death. Question remains, what happened to them? Tesla was one of the greatest inventors and visionaries of all time. At the time of his death, the U.S. government came in, took possession of all of his belongings, to stop them from falling into quote-unquote enemy hands. Little is really known about what this great man was working on just before his death, but given the significance of his earlier work, 
you can forgive the authorities at the time for trying to keep them a state secret until they were reviewed. Much of his work was later released into public domain, but curiously, some of the material appears to be forever lost. Now, a lot of people have often speculated as to how Nikola Tesla died. This is actually more of an interesting question than at first it really seemed, although he was of an advanced age at the time of his death. His final end might have been caused by an earlier incident in his life. In the autumn of 1937, Tesla left the Hotel New Yorker to make his regular commute to the cathedral and library. Whilst crossing the street, he was hit by a taxi cab and thrown to the ground. The incident severely damaged his back and broke three of his ribs. But as he never consulted with a doctor, the full extent of his injuries are to this day unknown. Given his age, 81 at the time, he never really recovered and the accident must have affected his psychology and confidence as well. Tesla was already a very solitary individual who spent most of his life shying away from society. He was much happier with his own company rather than large crowds, spent most of his time in his workshop or his own imagination. Tesla had become a recluse in his later years. Following this accident, he spent more and more time on his own in his room, room 3327, the 33rd floor at the Hotel New Yorker. According to staff at the hotel, he rarely received guests and had special vegetarian-style meals prepared for him on a daily basis by their chef. When he did permit staff into his room, he always asked them to remain at least three feet away, 91 centimeters according to his instructions, from him. His fate, it seemed, was in his own hands. The great Nikola Tesla, perfecter of... AC, inventor of the Tesla coil, an all-around visionary, inventor, and futurist, would die just as he had chosen to live his life, completely and utterly alone. Nikola Tesla was found dead in his hotel room bed by hotel staff on January the 8th, 1943. It was later established that he had died at approximately 10.45 p.m. on the 7th of January. The maid in question, Alice Madagon, immediately called a physician who examined Nikola and pronounced him dead shortly thereafter. It was quickly discovered that the cause of death was most likely coronary thrombosis. This is caused by a blood clot in the blood vessels of the heart restricting blood flow and ultimately leading the heart to failure. It is usually associated with uh, corrosion or buildup of cholesterol and fats on blood vessel walls. Coronary thrombosis is usually the result of high LDL cholesterol diet, smoking, and um, a lifestyle such as that. Hypertension. Tesla rarely drank tea or coffee, stopped smoking in his 20s, and clearly had low cholesterol and fatty diet towards the end of his life. He also had an interesting dietary strategy. He revealed in a fascinating 1935 interview during his life. Within it, he also reveals his love for exercise and importance on healthy body and mind. Clearly, the earlier taxi accident had a profound impact on the old man's last years. A sad, 
in to one of the world's greatest visionaries. Now, one of the things he was working on, even in the late 1800s, close to the point where he died in the 1930s, would be the first ever cell phone technology. Tesla created transceiver technology, radio frequencies, radio waves, magnetism used as a form of heating energy, and he had devised a plan to create free energy for the world. This is where the United States government got involved with Thomas Edison and Edison's ability and money and support and back uh, the backing that he had to destroy all of Tesla's efforts in the U.S. and claim Tesla's accomplishments as his own in the end. Now, what was Tesla working on when he died, though? That's an even bigger question. His ideas became more and more fantastical towards the end of his life. And one famous example was his announcement of inventing what's known as a death ray on his 78th birthday. He also started to show signs of obsessive compulsive disorder in his waning years. For example, he became particularly obsessed with the number three. And as we have previously mentioned, he would ask staff to stand at least three feet away from him at all times. That's 91 centimeters, three feet. OCD was not very well understood at the time, and he was considered, it was considered a form of madness. By the time he was 81, Tesla had completed a dynamic theory of gravity. When he had announced that the theory had worked out all the details, he never published it. For what was announced by Tesla, it seemed, was an attempt to explain gravity by using electrodynamics consisting of transverse waves and longitude waves. This was reminiscent of a 1925 Tesla publicly stated experiment, where he said there is no thing endowed in life from man who is enslaving the elements to the nimblest creature. After Tesla thought aliens contacted him, he described his encounter to the Red Cross. Serbian-American inventor Nikola Tesla, who was born in 1856 and died in 1943, completely altered the course of history through his inventions. The AC system he championed and improved remains the global standard for power transmission. He demonstrated wireless radio communications two years before Macroni and is believed to be the first person to produce an X-ray image. The image was the result of a botched attempt to photograph Mark Twain. Tesla's scientific discoveries are among the greatest of his generation. The myths surrounding him have turned into a cult-like figure. Conspiracy theorists believe Tesla created what's known as the Death Ray, a wireless power system that could transmit electricity across the world and that the government stole all of his research documents after his death. In 1899, Tesla himself thought that he had contacted aliens. He heard some rhythmic sounds on a radio receiver he had created and was receiving frequencies that had never been heard before from an outside source that could not potentially produce this type of frequency, not earthbound anyway. He was convinced that they were extraterrestrial in nature. 
The next year, the Red Cross asked Tesla to predict man's greatest possible achievement in the next century. He replied by admitting he may have already achieved it by receiving a message from another world. To the American Red Cross, his letter says, The retrospect is glorious. The prospect is inspiring. Much might be said of both, but one idea dominates my mind. This, my best, my dearest, is for your noble cause. I have observed electrical actions which have appeared inexplicable, faint and uncertain. Though they were, they have given me a deep conviction and foreknowledge that are long all human beings on this globe as one will turn their eyes to the firmament above with feelings of love and reverence, thrilled by the glad news. Brethren, we have a message from another world, unknown and remote. It reads one, two, three. And this was Christmas 1900, written by Nikola Tesla. This was in a 1910 letter to the New York Times. Tesla, Tesla claimed he the sounds came from Mars. Most certainly some planets are not inhabited, he said. But others are, and among these, there must exist life under all conditions and phases of development. Personally, I base my faith on the feeble planetary electrical disturbances, which I discovered in the summer of 1899, and which, according to my investigations, could not have originated from the Sun, the Moon, or Venus. Further study, science has satisfied me that they have emanated from Mars. All doubt is this, and regards will soon be dispelled. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. For centuries and decades, so many strange tales have been spread around about Nikola Tesla, Leonardo da Vinci, Nostradamus, and Rasputin. Rasputin's involvement in Eastern mysticism and the occult, mind control, and uh, the seduction of a religious cult, on top of being highly influential with the Russian Tsar and his family, which at that time uh, was Russian royalty. Or Nostradamus with his ability to uh, foretell the future and see events that were yet to come to pass for mankind. A prophecy, of course. Uh, he allegedly predicted 9-11. He predicted Hitler. He predicted the rise and fall of Saddam Hussein, the rebuilding of the Tower of Babel, World War II, the Holocaust, and the earthquake that ravaged Japan in 2011. And we have... Leonardo da Vinci, who, with so many pieces of his artwork and his sketch pad, show flying craft in the air behind so many figures in his painting that resemble what we now know as unidentified flying objects today. And, of course, Nikola Tesla, and whether or not Thomas Edison was involved in his death in any way, shape, or form... Uh, we do know for a fact that he was involved in tarnishing his reputation and trying to steal his work and his legacy as his own, 
as was the United States government after him for a very long time, and putting a gag on his idea and his plans to create free electricity worldwide for all. I mean, after all, it was the late 1800s when that guy, Nikola Tesla, created the first working cell phone without satellite technology. He created the first transceiver and alternate current and direct current. He created the AC and the DC, not the band, but what we use today, electric power, battery power, that's all him. That's not Thomas Edison. So that's what I'll be discussing today, this week, with those four figures that have influenced our world culturally, through art, through literary work, through invention, and through the evolution of the human condition. I'm Neil Parks. Thank you for listening. Please hold for an important message from our sponsor. Occult legends of Rasputin, mind control, secret cults, prophecy, and murder all surround the infamous advisor to Tsar Nicholas II, Rasputin. The story of Rasputin's life and gruesome end is murky, but as time progresses, more and more details reveal themselves about the true extent of his influence on the Russian royal family. A humble beginning shows that Rasputin was born into meager means in Siberia in 1869. His family were all peasants surviving through farming and his father's employment as a government courier. Surprising to most is that Rasputin most likely was illiterate up until his later years. Peasant families were known for not formally being educated. As he grew, Rasputin was no stranger to petty crime and known to be a mischievous young man with a checkered past. Much is unknown about his formative years, which has led to many rumors about his wrongdoings, which were seemingly precursors to his blasphemous behavior as an adult in the court of the Tsar. Rasputin's transformation came after he was motivated to go into spiritual pilgrimage at age 28. The pilgrimage was to St. Nicholas Monastery. It was roughly 421 miles away from where he lived. He studied closely with Starit Markre and subsequently learned to read and write. Rasputin's time spent at this monastery lasted several months. After returning home, looking disheveled and unkempt, he was a different man without vices. He traveled as a holy wanderer for years, gathering a small group of dedicated followers. He was accused of committing religious blasphemy while still living at home with his parents. Even in his later years, Rasputin's cooped his family's basement and converted it to a makeshift church. His acolytes would gather here in prayer, sing unfamiliar strange hymns, and even engaged in sexual acts and orgies. One rumor was that Rasputin had begun following the fringe sect of the Russian Orthodox Church. The root origin comes from the work Kielst, which translated to whip in Russian. Kielsts believed that instead of worshiping and communicating with the Holy Spirit through priests and sacred texts, people could communicate directly with a higher power. One man and woman, physical representations of both Christ and the Mother of God, lead each Kilst Ark or group. 
Arcs regularly practiced self-flagellation and the attainment of divine grace through sinful means, such as sexual orgies. This group was often persecuted and largely disavowed by church officials. Later on in Rasputin, seemingly continued the practices from this group, which his followers and even his wife, attempting to obtain redemption in the eyes of the Holy Spirit through sin, he was accused by many women of rape and assault. Even at one time, Rasputin had been caught violently beating his wife while she held on to his manhood, shouting, I am your you, and you are my Christ. It had also been reported that the virgins that he had laid with had locks of their hair cut off. Evidence of hair was found in 1977 when authorities uncovered boxes containing hair in his garden. Rasputin, this is from the Satanic Interpretations versus Modern Interpretations by Samra Singh. Some of Rasputin's occult aura may have derived from his abuse of Tantra. Tantra is a sexual energy used to align with divine, which can be misused if combined with desire. If this occurs, a devil resides in that person, causing a split personality, one of which would harm others. Could this be where he gained his power? His rise to power, well, which is Rasputin's true infamy and power, came through his charisma and influence. In the early 1900s, Rasputin became well-known in mon uh, monastic circles as a holy man with great powers. This eventually led to his journey to St. Petersburg, during which time he befriended many in the Russian court and the royal family. This led him to the Tsar in 1905. Rasputin's influence over the royal family only grew from there. He acted as a spiritual guide, a spiritual healer, and even political advisor to Nicholas II and his wife, Alexandra. He was known as a miracle healer. Rasputin wrote back quickly upon many occasions letters that had come to him telling the Tsar's wife that God had seen her tears and heard her prayers. Do not grieve. The little one will not die. Do not allow the doctors to bother him too much. Nicholas and Alexandra, the fall of Romanov, dynasty by Robert Massey, took this excerpt from letters written between Rasputin and the Tsar family, as well as other followers of Rasputin. Two days later, Alexei made a full recovery, allowing Rasputin full influence over Alexandra because she believed that Rasputin healed their sick child. Escaping death. During the Tsar's time away at war, Rasputin saw an opportunity to gain full control over the royal family and the entire government, which Alexandra fully dedicated to Rasputin's cause. His influence grew to its fullest potential. He soon was able to appoint hand-picked officials, which aligned with his views. Because of these actions, respect for the royal family declined. Alexandra, who was an Anglo-German descent, was even accused of being a German spy. Rasputin's impact on Russia as a whole was earning him many enemies whose goals was to remove 
him from power. One of these enemies was Pyotr Stolopin, the prime minister who actively appealed to royal family to remove Rasputin from the court. Once, while engaged in a heated argument, he later stated that Rasputin's satanic eyes had quelled the argument. This was one of the many instances of Rasputin being accused of using hypnosis to bend others' will towards his own. The prime minister was ironically assassinated soon after. In turn, multiple assassination attempts were made against Rasputin's life. However, the fatal encounter would take place in the palace. It was home of Prince Felix Yusupov, Yusupov the Grand Duke of Pavlovich, and the politician Vladimir Pershikyov. They would all participate in the final attempt. Keep in mind, Rasputin was poisoned. He did not die. He came back from losing consciousness and appearing to be dead and killed two of his assassins. All the while, the remaining ones jumping on him and stabbing him repeatedly until he dropped, lost consciousness again, and within a matter of minutes, stood up and went after the men again. They then shot him repeatedly, which did not kill him. The one thing that did kill him was when they grabbed him after shooting him, and when he dropped again, and then began to growl and curse at them under his breath, they tied him up, dragged him down to the river, and threw him in the icy waters. Essentially, what killed Rasputin was him drowning. His hands were tied behind his back, and his face could be seen pressed against the ice on top of the water, looking up at them with his hypnotic eyes, as many referred to as his satanic eyes. And that was the last time anyone ever interacted with or spoke of Rasputin again. It wouldn't be until the late 20th century that more and more people would read about, research, and want to know more about the influence and the power that Rasputin had over the people of Russia, especially the royal family. Was he a prophet? Was he a man possessed by a demon? Was he himself Satan incarnate? The world will never know, but there's so much yet to discover about Rasputin and so many more articles and books written about his life, legacy, and the fear that he caused within the country of Russia. Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring, my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. Zombies, asteroids, and scholarship. 
Nostradamus predicted 2021. The French nobleman of Jewish origin was famous in his lifetime. His unique predictions, which some say were written with divine help, capture our imagination even today. Astrologer, medical doctor of Jewish origin, and Renaissance mathematician, Nostradamus is perhaps the most quoted Frenchman in history. In his prophecies, first published in 1555, the famous stargazer claimed to see as far ahead as the year 3797, when the world will end. His followers argue that he was able to correctly warn humanity of various evils and troubles, from the rise of Hitler to power, a man many dedicated readers believe to the mysterious hister of whom the prophet wrote to the novel Coronavirus of our own times. The astrologers, some argue, spoke about a plague that will arrive in the form of a queen, Corona, from the east, China. A reading shaped by the crown-like structure of the virus, which is the source of the name coronavirus. Skeptics point to Hister being the Latin name for Danube River and the word being that of a location, not a person. The prophecy concerning COVID-19 does not exist in the original collection, India Today reported in July, and seems to be an internet hoax which attempted to spread via social media using the famous historical figure. As for the year ahead, a Russian scientist will create a biological weapon that will turn people into zombies, Dublin Live reported last Saturday, based on a prophecy warning of the half-dead to give a start. Dead through spite, the text seems to suggest he, the Russian scientist, will cause the others to shine, and in an exalted place, some great evils to occur. In the sky, the report quotes, one sees fire and a long trail of sparks, meaning that it is possible the mystic was attempting to warn humanity of a possible asteroid which might hit the Earth. Maybe he was referring to 410777, 2009 FD, a real asteroid discovered in 2009, once classified as a potentially hazardous one that could hit our own world. NASA, however, removed it from the threat list last month. The portal... Weiss horoscope claims Nostradamus saw a glimpse of what AI could be when he wrote the new sage with a lone brain cell sees it. By his disciples, the prophecy continues, invited to be immortal, perhaps meaning that robots will become more and more visible in the year to come. There are three major issues with the works of the famous French mystic. First, he wrote in the French of his own day and age. His translates uh, to English or other language had to therefore be extremely knowledgeable and precise in their work. Lack of knowledge could mean a thoughtfully translation, a faulty one, which is vital in the prediction. The second issue is that, sadly, translators were very often fans of the prophecies themselves and could have leaned towards pointing to alleged cases where their translation happens to match something which already happened. For example, modern scholars found that the death of King Henry II began to be included in the work 55 years after it had already happened. Peter Lemazur wrote in 2003 his biography of the astrologer. The third is that the language of the prophecies is poetic and vague, meaning that, again, after an event had already happened, it is quite easy to find evidence of it in the text, even if the text is 
partly the invention of a later translator and commentator and has little to do with the original French work. However, as New York University professor Stéphane Garson wrote in his 2012 biography of the seer, there is a machine at work when the matter of Nostradamus, one of the few men of his time to be remembered and read today, his genius inspires us to think about the future and the stars in the heavens and shiver a little. We can't seem to get away from Nostradamus's predictions. Even after 2012, when the world didn't actually end, we also can't seem to shake bad news. While some astrologers are predicting a somewhat hopeful future beginning in the new year, if you choose to believe in Nostradamus, you better start saying your goodbyes. The year we're currently in, 2021, Nostradamus's predictions are morbid, terrifying, and exhausting especially after such an unpredictable year that we had in 2020. And it seems the predictions end with uncertain death, another prediction that the world will end as we know it. For a little background, all of these predictions come from Michel de Nostradamus, a French philosopher who lived in the 1500s. He left some poetic predictions, 6,338 prophecies to be exact, that some modern-day believers contend have foreseen some modern-day tragedies, including, like I said, Adolf Hitler and the 9-11 attacks. After great trouble for humanity, a great one is prepared. The greater mover review the ages. He renews and reigns in blood, milk, famine, steel, and plague. Is the heaven's fire seen a long spark running? Naturally, the great trouble for humanity appears it could be the coronavirus. That's why some think the famine and other horrors may be coming soon. And like I mentioned earlier, his zombie prediction does claim the battle between half-dead and living will end the world. But there's no mention of the year that it takes place. A few Nostradamus predictions have coincided directly with events that have happened in recent years. One is an asteroid that the philosopher predicted will hit or pass closely by the Earth that I mentioned earlier has been discovered. Yes, NASA is keeping an eye on a few asteroids, 2078 to be exact, according to National Geographic. But in 2021, the scientists will launch a program called Double Asteroid Redirection Test, or DART for short, which will test its technological capabilities when it comes to pushing threatening asteroids off course. Also, an asteroid called 2014 SD. 224 did shoot past Earth on Christmas Day, which means technically this prediction may have already come true now and dozens of times before. One event that appears to be specific in 2021 is that the state of California may be destroyed by an earthquake. The Sloping Park, Great Calamity, through the lands of the West and Lombardy, the fire and the ship, plague and captivity. Mercury in Sagittarius, Saturn is fading, Nostradamus wrote, and Mercury in Sagittarius is scheduled to take place on November 25th, 2021. Nostradamus predicted much more, including an increased threat of climate change, religious trends, military technology, and a lot more. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, 
Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. The existence of an alien suspected to be hidden in Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa? Leonardo da Vinci painting Mona Lisa may provide proof of the existence of extraterrestrial life, according to a website which claims to have spotted an alien hidden in the famous artwork. The Paranormal Crucible website claims to have spotted an alien high priest hidden in the painting while identifying its facial features a headdress, a cloak, and hands. Many uh, theologians believe that Leonardo da Vinci deliberately concealed secret codes and subliminal messages in most of his work, the Paranormal Crucible website said in this video posted online. If this is true, then it's reasonable to assume that the Mona Lisa was in fact painted in order to conceal important historical and religious facts, possibly regarding the extraterrestrial presence and its involvement within the Roman Catholic Church, it said. However, that video admits to enhancing the colors of the painting to make the features more visible. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. Some researchers claim there are even more hidden messages found in da Vinci's work. Furthermore, there is likely an extraterrestrial influence behind it. It goes without saying that Leonardo da Vinci was ahead of his time. The volume of everything that he has put out in the past that, that he came up with, that he drafted, that he painted, that he sketched, makes it difficult to fully explore in a lifetime. His notebooks and manuscripts remain, however, and contain everything from construction plans for tanks and helicopters to wild inventions that have come into reality centuries later. His impact is so profound that his Salvatore Mundi was bought by a Saudi prince for a new museum in Abu Dhabi for 400 million during his life. Da Vinci was scrutinized by the Roman Catholic Church because of an appearance of wide-ranging philosophical tastes. Consequently, he had to hide information in his paintings to avoid being labeled a heretic. Between the years 1476 and 1478, da Vinci disappeared from records. His life did not otherwise have gaps in terms of coverage. Just before this time, however, he had an interesting experience. One of the autobiographical anecdotes for, from his journal tells the story of being drawn to a cave while hiking. He was pulled in by the desire to experience the wonder inside. Some of the ancient astronaut theorists suggest that his experience inside the cave permitted him to see the future, and it is likely related to interactions with aliens. Using a technique called thermographics, da Vinci's Adoration of the Magi was analyzed in 2002 in Florence, Italy. An underdrawing was discovered inside the painting of the three wise men visiting the infant Jesus. 
The analysis, however, showed much more than what is visible to the naked eye. As it turns out, there were layers of paint, some additions, and there were not painted by the original artist. One such detail painted over was a pagan temple, which would have been a problem at the time with the prevailing church. In fact, one of the background drawings is a temple with the lotus flower, which is the flower of life. Some of the ancient astronaut theorists contend da Vinci was obsessed with lotus flowers, which may indicate his connection to potential alien contacts. The Last Supper has been fully explored ad nauseum, but a quick summary is in order. The painting depicts the moment when Jesus told his disciples on who would betray him, and they were all frozen in action. The figure of Jesus' right is assumed to be the Apostle John, but many think it's Mary Magdalene because of the feminine features. Furthermore, the downward-pointing face and angle corresponds with da Vinci's belief that women should be depicted in such a manner. Finally, the mirror image, clothing, and pose, which together form a capital M, indicate Mary Magdalene. So why was she placed in the painting? And where is the chalice, commonly known as the Holy Grail? According to the ancient aliens crew, the two items are related, and it all comes down to a representation of Mary Magdalene's pregnancy, Jesus' divine children, which eventually leads to da Vinci somehow, according to the book of Judas that was taken out of the Gnostic Gospels or in one way, shape, or form not at all connected to the Gnostic Gospels and the Gnostics along with the Apocrypha, which are of the original Hebrew to Christian translation of the original written word. Well, that's it for this week. I'm Neil Parks, your host for Paranormally Speaking. Thank you so much for listening. I had a lot to cover this week between Tesla, Rasputin, Leonardo da Vinci, and... uh, Oh my God, what else did I talk about? Isn't that sad? I already forgot. Nostradamus. So I had a lot to cover. And I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something from it. And be sure to continue to do your own research on the topic. Draw your own conclusion, as I always encourage you to do. Just don't start adding stuff and making shit up, because that's not cool. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks for tuning in again, all three of you. Joke, I know there's at least four. And I'll see you next time on my podcast, Paranormally Speaking. Be sure to send me an email at parksparanormal at gmail.com with any questions, complaints, or suggestions or any topics you'd like to hear. And you can also order my books on Amazon and your local book retailer, whatever store that might be. Thank you and God bless.